welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And uh, welcome to the Dynasty Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Who are you? Huh? Huh? I'm just trying to fill in. It sounded like you were going to be hey. out of breath. Oh, no. I'm like an Olympic-trained uh, am-sayer. Oh. It's kind of my slogan thing. Yeah, like, it, it definitely is your thing. And yep. welcome. So I'm pretty well-versed in the word and. Not, you know, running, you know, putting Gs at things. But the word and has no G, so I do pretty good there. So you're basically the Michael Buffer of ands. Eh, that's a good comparison, probably. All right, yeah. perfect. You know, I'm probably not as successful. But, I mean, what success? I mean, huh? I, la- I laugh in the face of success. Yeah, I'm very happy in what I do right now, okay? <laughs> We're about to take dinosaurs to a whole new level. I'm a very uh, self-accomplished in that. All right. right. Nice. Uh, so here we are talking rookie wide receivers, part one of Ooh. three. Mm. Uh, we'll see where three gets in. It might be a nerd herd episode even possibly because uh, it might be a bonus episode. We're trying to get as much as we can before the draft, but the draft is in two weeks. And so next week we're doing – Part two, and then we got to do tight ends. There's going to be a couple of extra little bink, bink episodes yeah. coming out here. So we've got to do some extra episodes to get these in. Right. And then remember, um, we're just getting some of these main guys. Some guys that we miss will be on the final episodes when we actually break these guys down and actually rank them right. in order. Because even today, it's not rankings. It's just rank- rankings. Uh, it's just us breaking down the players in kind of tiered specials. Like There's going to be guys, like the rookie running back episodes, where there's guys we liked a lot more. In the that second we, round. Yep. In the second round that we talked about in the first round. Like There's still guys we're not going to talk about today, like Debo Samuel, like who I know I'm going to love. Yep. J.J. Arcega-White. I'm going you know, to like him. I've already taken a little peek at him. He, he's an interesting prospect. <clears throat> but we could say for sure this receiver class is going to be the saving grace of this dynasty cl- rookie class. Uh, a lot of upside here. Um, some safe players here as well. I'm still going back to my original claim of there's about three running backs I'll take. Uh, and that's about it. And the rest, I'm just going to go receiver and tight end. In this uh, class. That's totally accurate, man. That's a that's a real good take. And uh, you know, I don't think we could say it enough. Stick stick to that, please. Stick to that plan. Don't don't go off base. Don't 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 go out on a limb in the first round and, and draft like the fourth or fifth running back because you'll probably be disappointed. Yeah, and if if you find yourself you need a running back and you have a high second round pick, trade for somebody's twenty twenty second. There'll be a running back there for you, and just move back out of the pick. You know, like hey. I'll take your second next year if you want my second here, you know, and as long as it's not the team that won the championship and you know you're going to be a late two. But if it's going to be another mid-range two, then that's the way to go. It's a, it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice lateral move into a better draft. Basically. Or just take the best player available, which is a receiver, which we always say, hey, take the best player available in rookie drafts, flip them later for upside. So before we get into this, uh, the rookie wide receiver class, there's a couple of news and notes. One, uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins signs a one-year contract with New England. It moves the needle a little bit just because there's not a lot of offensive weapons there, and they like to use, utilize the tight end a lot. So he could be a viable option for one year. Let's see what they do with the draft, too. Cause that's, that's obviously going to depend a lot on his health, too, because, I mean, two years ago he kind of had a mini resurgence, and then he signs a deal with Jacksonville and basically just went on IR with a core core muscle injury. So he never really got a chance to do anything last year. Yeah. So, it, you know, 
it's going to be one of those things where if he's healthy, it might be a nice little one-year landing spot for, for Austin Severian Jenkins. And more news notes is Sterling Shepard signed a four-year, $41 million average, makes himself a top 20 paid receiver, uh, a little over $10 million a year. I'd like to get into this a little bit more after the draft about Sterling Shepard because I've been saying this for a while. We've mentioned Sterling Shepard's stats on here more than a couple times mm-hmm. where he's just an, he's been a consistent wide receiver three. Now he just got paid to be their main man there. He's the guy in New York. He's going to be their number one receiver, essentially. I'd take him over Golden Tate, most likely, definitely long term. And he's still undervalued, underappreciated. He's somebody that could be obtained. And he's somebody who's most likely this year going to be a low-end wide receiver two. Worst-case scenario, he does what he normally does. He's a wide receiver three. That's worst-case scenario. Guys like that are extremely valuable for your fantasy team, more so your dynasty team. Guys like that are usually obtainable. Uh, people undervalue them because they want to go shoot for the upside. I'm all over. I was all over buying Still and Shepard a month ago, two months ago, even more so now. I'm checking the price tag on it, on the, on, on the price. If I can get Still and Shepard for 2-1, two, 2-2, two, two, that's stealing. Yeah, no, that, that's nice value. I think I think his value becomes a little trickier when you start talking about, you know, um, end of the first round and stuff like that. Because you're shooting for upside there. That's why. Right. And that to ain't... me, it's silly. I would, if you ask me if I want 111 in this year's draft or if I want uh, Sterling Shepard, I want Sterling Shepard. I think, I think 111 is, 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 in my eyes, very similar to 2 1, 2 2. I, it, but I think that breaking points, you know, 1 7, 1 8. In that the Paris area. Campbell range, the Debo Samuel range, where you're going to go for the upside. Yeah. So that, that's where it gets a little bit more tricky with me because you could potentially get a player that has more upside than him there. Okay. It's funny, just funny to me because a lot of times people are like, no, no way. But then if you drafted somebody there and they turn out to be Sterling Shepard and those statistics on paper, would they turn out to be like a low end wide receiver two this year? You'd be like, I killed that draft. I, I still, I got to, ba- I'm such a good drafter. High five me. No, and, like, and that, no, you're not wearing a nerd shirt. And that's the thing. You, you are going for someone higher than that. But if you ended there, you know, if, 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 if you ended up not getting all the way to your ceiling and you ended up getting a guy that was Sterling Shepard. At, at least you would have a guy that was like three or four years younger than Sterling Shepard. So, I mean, it's one of those things where that's where that's where it is in my head anyway. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. So that's where I'm kind of grappling with it. All right, cool. Let's get into these players now, shall we? Let's do now, it. normally we agree on a lot of things. We do. Some people are like, well, you guys agree a lot. Well, dude, we're also right a lot. So, you know, we're not going to just disagree. We're not, we're not Shannon, you know, Shannon Sharp and, would skip Bayless. We're not thank, here to, thank God. Yeah, we're here to break down players how we see it. If we see them the same, then hey, even more so to buy that player. We kind of disagree on some of these receivers. Mm-hmm. So let's start off here first with give me your top six. Just other guys. So we're talking about today, we're going to be talking about Nikhil Harry, mm-hmm. AJ Brown, right. Hakeem Butler, mm-hmm. Kelvin Harmon, yep. Paris Campbell, and DK Metcalf. Right. Right. So it's six guys. Obviously, there's going to be people we're talking about in the next show that could surpass any one of these guys, potentially. Definitely, the draft will change a lot as well when it comes to ranking these guys. But for the most part, can you give me just like a rough rank of how you'd rank these guys personally? Um, I have A.J. Brown as my top guy, so that's one. And then um, I think it's going to come a a bit of a surprise, but um, after breaking down the table, Kelvin Harmon is my second favorite guy. Okay. Pretty easily, to be honest, and then and then you get into guys where they have raw physical ability and and they look great on tape and they've got great athleticism, but maybe they weren't quite as refined as route runners and and just all around wide receivers for me. So that so they kind of got bumped down a little bit. Okay. In 
uh, Nikhil Harry at three, Hakeem Butler at four. I would, I would definitely, I would go Paris Campbell five, and then and then DK Metcalf six. So if I had to break down these receivers in order for my rankings personally, and for the most part, for most of these guys, I'd say definitely for the top four, you're splitting hairs with me. So it's not like I don't dislike somebody, right? But if I had to rank them, it'd be Nikhil Harry, it would be AJ uh, Hakeem Butler. AJ Brown and Kelvin Harmon to me are very similar. Like to me, it's like literally like three A and three B. Then I'd go Paris Campbell. And then I would go DK Metcalf. Right. Uh, so let's start at the top because I want. I would, this is where I would love to like. To me, my number one guy here. Your, your top or my top? My top. All right. <laughs> I'm always the top. I'm just kidding. I, I knew that's where <laughs> we were going. <laughs> to me, my one one here at receiver, and you could take him one one overall in your rookie draft is Nikhil Harry. Out of Arizona State, he's six foot two, two twenty eight. He ran a four five three forty. Uh, did twenty seven reps on the bench press, which tied the record with DK Metcalf, Mister Hercules himself. He's twenty one, going to be twenty two. I think what December? Uh, yes. December. And let me get through my notes here. I got so much notes on this guy. Uh, it's not even silly. So to me, he's everything you want out of a receiver. I mean, he's just coming to the gate. Came out of the gate, college starting. Uh, freshman year had a nice solid freshman year. He's super competitive. He blocks really well. Uh, you know, gets off the line okay, but I know that's going to be his biggest problem. We're, we're going to be talking here. about that in a minute. Yep. Uh, he's somebody that, to me, catches the ball extremely well. Like, if you want to watch a receiver dominate a game, go watch his entire tape on Utah. He destroyed Utah. Like, that game, it might as well be a, a Nikhil Harry highlight film of highlights because that's how good that game is. Like, he just dominates. He's a big physical receiver. Uh, I know I go and see some uh, questions on what, you know, maybe some of his speed, his hands. They're all sufficient to me. Like, I, I did see some, some points in games where I just – there were catches I thought he should have made that he didn't make. And and it's not one of those things where, Hey, it's hitting him in the hands and it's blatant and he just flubs them. It's not, it's not like that obvious of, of an issue, but it is things where, Hey, if a ball's a little bit low and he's kind of falling, you know, falling to his side a little bit and, and he just bobbles the ball and drops it. Like it's one of those things where it's, I feel I I feel like he could be better in that area, to be honest. I'm not, here's the thing. Like the catches he does make and the way he catches them, I'm not worried. Here's the thing. The last three seasons in NCAA, the, the average drop rate is 8.6%. Nikhil Harry's at 6.7%. Your boy, A.J. Brown's at 4.1%. So you're talking about 2%, 2% different between A.J. Brown and Nikhil Harry. So you're talking about out of 100 uh, receptions, you're talking about two more drop balls. That, that's a great stat, but... That's a college stat. We're, we're talking about guys that are transitioning to the NFL. There's only a small percentage of any of those guys that you're talking about that are going to be in the NFL. So I would love to see the percentage of players that transition to the NFL that and what their drop rate was in college because I'm guessing it's all the lower ones or most of the lower ones. Well, okay, anyway. I mean, but still, I mean, it, he he was in out of all the top receivers, he's in the top. Like he his catch rate is just as good. Like I said, AJ Brown's at who's the best is at four point one percent. So I don't I don't think it's I don't I honestly don't think it's a huge issue. I, it's just some of them were a little baffling. I just I just thought he could do better in that area. And if I was going to put a guy number one overall, I, I would want to see just a little bit more. Out okay. Of um, you know, he's somebody that he catches really the ball really well against coverage. I mean, his size is terrific, right? 
So he's got really good size. He's got really, I mean, he made some amazing catches. Size, speed, vision. He's great running. The ball in the hands is run, run after, after the catch. Run after the catch is amazing. You know what I mean? But for me, it was one of those things where I saw too many of these bubble screens. And to me, that, that kind of stuff, you can do it occasionally in the NFL, but that can't be your number one gig. And that I watched, I watched Nikhil Harry's tape, and I felt like that was the his thing was these bubble screens, and there just wasn't a lot of downfield stuff. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. I guess. Let me, okay, let me counterpoint this. Sure. All right. Did he have a fair amount of bubble screens? Yes. Uh, I thought it was a weird argument you made though, because I thought AJ Green or AJ Brown had his fair share of bubble screens too. Like, let me get two guys had the most bubble screens. To me, it's AJ Brown and. You know, Nikhil Harry. But AJ, AJ Brown ran so many other routes other than bubble screens. You know what I mean? I get that. A lot of them he's, were, he's a definitely lot of, a more proficient route. A lot runner. of them were close to the line of scrimmage, so maybe maybe that's the feeling that you got, that a lot of those were bubble screens. But he was doing a lot of crossing routes and a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage. Where Nikhil Harry, I didn't I, – I, I feel like I saw a lot more of the bubble screens, and I kind of it kind of felt like it was – it was the same play over and over again that I was watching, and it just felt very repetitive. So here's the thing with that and why I think this is doesn't worry me. Because everything else I saw him do when he wasn't running those bubble screens and whatnot, he did it well. You know, he tracks the ball well. Um, he is great at the back shoulder catches. I think that at Arizona State, a team that's obviously not full of offensive weapons, right? I think Nikhil Harry was, is so good with the ball in his hands. He's so good with the ball in his hands that they designed that for him knowing, hey, you know, the rest of our, we don't have that much talent here. Let's get the ball out quick. Let's get it to Nikhil and let him make some big plays because that's what he does. So I think that was – I think it was – I don't think it, that was designed because he was limited to that factor. Just like I don't think Paris Campbell was – you know, Paris Campbell had two balls over 30 yards his career. You know what I mean? A lot of his stuff was short, intermediate passes. But, like, he strived there. So I think Nikhil Harry was, hey, he does this really well. Let's set him up for this. I don't think he's limited to that by any means from what I saw on tape. I just think it was a scheme thing designed by the coaching staff to get the ball in his hands because he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands. And and that's the that's the one thing that's really hard to project. Like, is this is that the case that you're saying or or is it or is it another thing where, hey, this is what he's really good at. He's a he's great with, you know, he's great at this one thing. Let's just highlight it. And because that's gonna that's what's gonna help us win games the most, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's that's how I that's how yeah. like that's why I like I watched a lot of tape on it because I liked him so much. Like mm-hmm. like these players, I like a lot of tape on like Hakeem Butler. I watched ten games of Hakeem Butler. Like right. I usually watch like six, maybe. Like some players, I just got, I want to watch more to make sure I'm sure. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. even the last game on Butler, I was like, let me just watch one more, and I was so glad I did because uh, I took something away from it. And for me, Nikhil, that's what I kind of get out of it. Like I just took it, came away from it, and thinking. This guy is a football player. He is going to make plays. To me, he's very safe. Uh, again, I want to see where he lands because, like, the right what, system, like him in San Francisco, psh, get out. He's got to you know be. I, mean? I feel like he's got to be in a, a system where he's almost going to be have to be force fed a ball. You know what I mean? Because he, he's not going to separate because because his route running ability. So he he, he is going to be, and he's not going to separate because he's super duper fast. He's he's neither one of those things. He's a big physical guy, and a lot of the times. It's, he's he, Des Bryant. He's Des Bryant. That's what he feels like to me. And and Des Bryant worked for a while, but you and was really really good. Don't get me wrong for a window for a window. But what happened? I mean, the dude just like he fell off the map because they decided, hey, no we, burst, no separation. You got no burst. You got no separation. He got a different quarterback that wasn't willing to force feed him the ball anymore. And Dak Prescott and the guy just fell off a cliff. 
You know what I mean? Those kind of guys, you have to have the right kind of gunslinger type of quarterback that's just willing to throw it up and live with the results. I think he'd be fine-tuned a little bit because I think he has the mobility. and Everything I've seen out of this kid, I think he could be fine-tuned. Like I said, I would love to see him. Like I said, his biggest complaint is like he chops too much at the line. Like he's sitting there like he's doing a fucking run a man. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at me go. And then he's like, he's doing like 18 stutter steps and then he's going. It's like, dude, let's go. Let's get upfield. I mean, I wrote to you in a text message. It looks like his his feet are glued to the ground with some sticky tack or something like that. And he's trying to get him out like like running in place like crazy. Like, But it's an easy fix. So. You should be taking two to three steps and exactly. get upfield, man. But it's a super easy fix. It's dude. like you're you know taking I mean? six or seven or eight. Because you, I mean, it, you're not going. It's, really, it's funny looking sometimes. You're, you're not it. going anywhere, man. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, he could be fine tuned and coached up in a situation like that. I mean, again, the catch, he made some spectacular catches. He really uses his body well for leverage. He has really strong size, uh, hands. He's got really good size. He's somebody to me that could be fine tuned to be that number one receiver. If he just tightens up his routes just a little bit, gets a little bit less fancy off the line here, I think he could be special good, like really, really good receiver in the NFL. I want to see where he lands. You know, obviously if you go to Baltimore, that doesn't help a lot. Like, for, well, like no, no one's going to be good at Baltimore, man. Come you know, on. I think, I think, I think Hakeem Butler could be good in Baltimore personally. I, I just because of his size and his wingspan, you know, like what he can do, I think he'll be okay. I think AJ Brown would be good in Baltimore out of the slot. You know, it's a nice big slot, like short receiver for a guy like Lamar Jackson. Again, his accuracy is going to hurt, but like anyone goes to Baltimore, it gets knocked down a peg. You know what I mean? Like, okay, but to me, Nikhil Harry, I mean, he's safe, man. Like, did you watch the Oregon game for Nikhil Harry? I had to have watched Oregon. Okay, I feel like in that one they pressed him a little bit, and I just I feel like. And they, they were on him. The, the cornerbacks were on him a little bit more. And he, he seemed to have a little bit of trouble um, just even 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 catching passes, like on contested passes. So so that worried me a little bit. But, I mean, I know that was just maybe one fluky game or something like that. You know, I, I do have to dig in and watch everything on these guys before I can fully form my opinion. But to me, he just left a little bit to be desired, and I feel like I've gone through this with guys like Braylon Edwards and, and Des Bryant before, where uh-huh. it's all the all the physical gifts are there, but for whatever reason, there's just like there's something missing. And for me, there's just a little something missing. I can heal. It is weird because he's such a hit and miss guy. I see a lot of people. I see people on Twitter going, "Can somebody tell me why everybody loves Nikhil Harry?" And like I said, when I wrote you, I was like, "How much do you love Nikhil Harry?" And like, I don't love him that much. And I'm like, <laughs> right. "What?" Like, it's, yeah, it's. Because I, like I said, I'm I'm on a different stratosphere. Like I love him. Like mm-hmm. to me, like if he was there for me, like I'm taking, like he's my number one receiver, hands down, uh, going into the draft. Sure. So to me, now again, it's a lot of these guys. Like I'm okay. Like I like it's not. You're not talking like tiers of difference. But to me, I literally think Hakeem Butler and Nikhil Harry are in a tier one, and I think AJ Brown and Kelvin Harmon are like tier one B essentially because to me 100 out of 100 times right now those are my two guys like clear under no situation am i taking other guys over him but to Nikhil again to me when i look at him i see a really good football player you know nothing overly fancy there gets the job done catches the ball well made some amazing catches yeah some of the drops were an issue but i mean if you go through it you kind of make that argument with some of these receivers all over the place mm-hmm. um and again he should have caught some of the ball like again like Hakeem, like his drops were, to me were more atrocious than 
Hakeem Butler's drops. And I mean that like you look at Hakeem Butler dropping, like how did he drop that football? That was like the, it was like he tossed it to you like head on. Like it was like you're playing catch. To me, those are focus drops, and like nine out of ten times he's going to catch the football. You know, some I didn't get a, I didn't come away that same. Like I came away feeling different about Nikhil's drops than I did about Hakeem Butler's drops. Where like I'm having a hard time following which ones you thought were more egregious. Harry's okay. Where Butler's they might have looked worse, but like I'm not worried about them. I guess if that makes sense. Butler's Butler's were like, hey, I'm wide open. And yes, he's like trying to turn up field before he catches the ball. Focus drops. Focus drops. Okay. Nikhil Harry's were, hey, it's a low ball. I'm trying to slide and catch it. And I should be able to if I'm a really skilled wide receiver and like fall to the ground and catch the ball, but instead it just drops. So that's what that's what worries me uh, uh-huh. because the, they I feel like he dropped some balls he should have caught. Oh, well, you know, like Devonte Adams dropped some balls early on too, and I guess what he got better. Uh, it, it, listen, I know it's not. I, it's I'm a, not using a, this as a sticking point for you. No, I just like the guy a lot. There, I, you I have do, some question marks. I'm still I trying to figure out what question those question marks. marks are besides his speed, like his hands. In. Like, give me like what do you like? What is like inability to actually run a route? Okay. Is, that, a, is a worry. Okay. Having to rely on just bubble screens and, and run after the catch in the NFL is, is it's just a little bit of a different game, man. You and know see, I, mean? I, I like a short area quickness the enough cor- where I don't think it's going to be – those routes will be that big of a deal for him. Cornerbacks are better at pursuing and tackling in the NFL than they are in college. 100%. So how effective can you be? I mean, at six foot three, 228 pounds – you can still be pretty effective. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I am, I'm totally splitting hairs. He's a strong dude, man. I, I'm totally splitting hairs. But to me, I think the other guy's just off a little bit more. That's but why. you like him. Yeah. It's not like I hate him. That's why okay. I, I didn't want it to come across that way. But okay. th- I just have questions. I'm literally going to feel like about A.J. Brown, like you feel about Nikhil Harry. Okay. So, it's gonna be, we're, we're going to be on the same page here on something at least. Yeah. But let's talk about the next guy. Sure. Hakeem Butler. Ooh. To me, again, if Harry's 1A... To me, Butler's one B. This dude out of Iowa State, Hakeem Butler, six foot five. That's right, six foot five. That's legit. Two hundred twenty-seven pounds. Ran a four, four eight forty. What? That's gross. Yeah, I would love to size. see. I would love to see the three cone on some of these guys in the twenty yard and stuff. But me too. But we didn't get it from a lot of them. I mean, he's a, and, and Butler is like he's not like one of those like six foot five stringy guys. Like he's a physical receiver. He, I mean, he reminds me body wise, a like a little bit of a bigger AJ Green. He's you know a more thick, yeah, AJ Green. Yeah, because he's because he's long and and you can tell his limbs are long. You know what I mean? But he's got more muscle on him, I think. Than oh, AJ yeah, Green. and he's way more physical. Like mm-hmm. AJ Green's very passive at a receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't like a good a good example would be watch uh, Hakeem Butler versus Butler or Hakeem Hakeem Butler versus Butler. <laughs> In the game. Say that three times. Like, a cornerback was trying to give him some ass. You know what I mean? And, like, he wasn't having it. He dropped this dude and he put his knee into his chest. I mean, it was like, he was hot. Like, he was like, yeah, take this, right. Turdford. You know what I mean? Uh, so, to me, he's he's somebody with amazing size. I like his hands. Again, somebody may come up and go, oh, his hands are somewhat questionable. I came away not worried about his hands. Like I said, some of those were focus drops to me to the point where, like, for the most part, I feel like nine times out of ten, he's going to come away with that football. So... It was just a situation where it wasn't egregious to the point where, like, he was dropping ooh, multiple ball, balls a game. It really worked out to where, like, if he did drop a ball in a game, it was just one ball per game, which, again, you got you can't be doing that because otherwise it's 16 drops in the season. Uh, but it wasn't every game. To me, he can make all the catches, right? 
all of them, man. I really like how he uses his hands and press coverage and against defensive backs. He's like that's where it gets that physical point I was talking about as well. I saw that a lot. He can make the he tracks the ball well. Yep. Can make the over the shoulder catch really well. Um, gets off the line pretty well too for his guys. I, I thought he I thought that was one of the better things that he did, and I thought he used his physicality to do it. You know what I mean? Like there's guys that win by taking a few uh, you know stutter steps and juking a guy, but I, I think. He was big enough and strong enough to just almost like use a swim move and get by the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Swat, so I, like kind of swat him out of the way like flies because he's six foot six, two hundred twenty. So pounds. when I said I like the way he uses his hands against defensive backs, it right. wasn't even necessarily out. I like an off, off the line. I like the way he sure. uses his hands, and even in coverage, right. I like the way he uses his hands against defensive back for a guy of his size. Um, that really like impressed me a lot. Ran real basic routes. Like he's not like his routes are basic, but for his size, like I thought he got in and out of his breaks well enough. For me, for for um, me, I mean, for a guy that's six foot six, he he's that guy that 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 moves like a like a six foot tall guy. You know what I mean? He can get in and out of breaks. His he, he's got really really nice loose hips, and, and he you know like go back to a guy like Devin Funches, who was who was like pretty much the same size as this guy, and, and you look at him and you saw him, and you're like that guy's a tight end. You, you don't come away at all thinking that when you're watching Hakeem Butler. The guy can actually move and get in and out of breaks. Yeah, you watch his game tape, and you'll see there's a couple times where he was running those comeback routes where he'd run, he'd plant really well and turn to that sideline. So smooth. Mm-hmm. And you, the same thing. You're like, he's 6'5"? That doesn't look like a 6'5 a guy that does something like that. He did that a lot. Really good body control, again, for his size. Uh, Mobility is really good. Uh, good catch radius, runs tough after the catch. He's not an easy guy to bring down. He made some really good, great sideline catches on film. Like, again, some of his cutbacks or run back on the side, he made some really nice catches. He blocks very well. His agility might be his biggest knock because, you know, again, for his size, but for, you got to say size because he is, he's overly big when it comes to a wide receiver. But he doesn't play like it. He no. moves extremely well and some people like well what about the competition at iowa state like they played big games you know they're they're in the big 12 now yeah i mean it's not it's not i mean west virginia they play you know oklahoma like it's not the iowa state of 10 years ago when everyone was like who the hell is this iowa state team i mean they're they're in a legit you know conference and and they play some they play some big games man i like him a lot Mm -hmm. like i like him so much where like if i had one two in all my dynasty leagues i would flip-flop it with Harry and Butler. Like that's, I'd, I'd make sure I had some shares. You know what I mean? Like I really, I'm really excited to see where he ends up because I think he's just going to be a fantasy producer. Week in, week out, week in, week out. He doesn't any have any like major weaknesses that worry me that he's not going to produce at the next level. Uh, definitely with his size, like again, his size alone is just going to make him a fantasy football factor. Like I think he's going to draft it high enough to be in a team I think five years from now we're going to be talking about this guy as a top twelve dynasty receiver. Uh, I like him a lot, a lot. I mean, at, at the very least, he he's a red zone target to start off until he grows into a bigger role. But <clears throat> I mean, is he is he like the next Plexigo Burris? I mean, that's that's the only guy that's like size size comp and like AJ a, Green. So how tall could, is AJ could Green? actually move i think AJ Green might be like six three oh, i thought he was bigger than that okay maybe six plexico maybe six, is four. definitely that big right um, so plexico might be the only guy that i could think of that was 
nearing this six five range and the and the size and the fluidity and, and stuff like that. So and Plexico was very solid for a while there. Uh, D- definitely Pittsburgh for, and New oh, York. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, maybe in the right again. If he, he's in the right situation at times and doesn't shoot himself in the leg, he could have been even a longer career. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. Like, so again, I want to see where Butler lands and what scheme he's in and you know where he's going to go. But he's a very high upside player. I mean, and to me, he's safe when it comes to fame. like. I think his floor, honestly, to me, is like a low-end wide receiver, too. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. I, I, I do like him a lot. Um, but, you know, I just I just saw a bit more out of these other two guys that we're going to discuss next. So. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Uh, <laughs> because, to me, when it comes to upside, like, Butler and Harry are there. You know right. what I mean? Like, the next two guys we're going to talk about, I like a lot. But, like, I feel like... Th- some people are gonna call me crazy, but I feel like their upside is somewhat capped personally. Now, again, that's not, you know, obviously they could, anybody can surpass where they go. You know, again, if AJ Brown goes to San Francisco and he's number one, that's a huge boost to me. And like Butler goes to Baltimore and then Nikhil Harry goes to Miami. You know what I mean? That's a big swing just because of where they're at today. Right. And I can't project where that's going to look like five years down the road. Well, I mean, obviously none of these things are set in stone. These are kind of how we see the pro- the prospects now. The landing spot will determine a lot. Yeah. I mean, and you have Butler at number four. And that, to me, that's like tremendous value. And again, we're splitting hairs enough here where it's not like, I'm like, oh, you're crazy, Matt. This is stupid. Because right. I like because we all like these guys. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's clear cut. Harry and Butler are my guys. Like Those are my two for sure guys that I feel really good about. And I, th- I feel like... Um, both of those guys have tremendous upside and they're great athletes. I feel like they need a lot more work at wide as a wide receiver prospect though okay. than these next two guys. I don't, I don't think Butler needs as much work as some people are going to say he does. I think he's pretty, uh, for what he does, he's pretty well-rounded. And again, I, I don't expect him to get tremendously better out of his breaks and things because I think his size just limits him like a guy of his size is gonna be hard for him to do that like to get you know because he can't bend that low to get out of, you know in his hips and get out of his brakes as quick as somebody else would be but at the same time i don't think he needs to just because of his size you know what i mean like he could overpower a defensive back most say, defensive gonna, backs are under six foot he's gonna win because of his size that's yeah. you know but it's a i think it's a bonus that he is as fluid as he is for that size exactly i think he's a very five years now wouldn't surprise me if like Butler's like the number one player of this draft, like and it's like he he take he's like the Michael Thomas of the draft. You know what I mean? That wouldn't surprise me. But then again, it wouldn't surprise me if Nikhil Harry's at or AJ Brown's at or Kelvin Harmon's at or you know what I mean. So right. let's move on to your guy. Let's do it. <clears throat> Matt's number one guy here, AJ Brown. I mentioned earlier his drop rate was only four point one percent. Oh, AJ Brown out of Ole Miss. Everyone wants to talk about D- DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf was even best receiver on his team. That's AJ Brown, six foot. 226. So again, Hakeem Butler, six foot five, 227. JJ Brown, six foot 226. He's a stocky dude. He's, he's solidly built for sure. Ran a four, four, nine. So he's just as, just as fast as Hakeem Butler. So he's got good speed. He's ideal, big, strong slot receiver. And he mostly played slot his entire career. Oh, he ran, he ran like almost exclusively until the second half of the season in 18 is when they started to move him outside. Um, a lot more, but even but what I saw is when they did move him outside more is where he came back for more. A lot of those 
in the flats and the screens when he was outside. Sure. Um, but he's a very solid route runner. He's got very good hands. He tracks the ball well. He's a really good athlete. He was drafted by the Padres. I was going to say, did you know he was a baseball player? I do. He's an outfielder, so I think that goes a long way for the tracking of the balls and stuff like that. Hence why I have it right after he tracks the ball well. Because yep. he actually practiced with the Padres in their late spring training every single year. Uh, so he's a, he's an overall solid athlete. Really good with the ball in his hands as well. Just as like Nikhil Harry with the ball in his hands, I like A.J. Brown with the ball in his hands. He's really good with the run after the catch there. Good build, strong, ideal chain mover. You know what I mean? Like he's somebody you just want to get the ball in his hands. He's going to run that quick route, really good route. You're going to throw him the football. He's going to catch it, and then you're moving the sticks. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you a little bit on that because I, I think he does that well. And I think that was his role in this offense because they had players like DK Metcalf and, and Lodge to get downfield a little bit. And and they used A.J. A. Brown mostly close to the line of scrimmage. But there were some really big plays where where it was A.J. Brown making the catch downfield, and they would sneak him out. And, and I don't think he's precluded from doing that kind of stuff. I mean, he had a, he had a long of 84 yards. I'm not sure how, how far downfield that was. But you don't get a long of eighty four. I saw that run. It's a play. It wasn't a deep play. I don't really think no. he stopped and broke back. But uh, I mean, you're literally saying the same thing I said about Nikhil Harry. Right, okay. but this guy can run routes a heck of a lot better he, in my opinion. He did run better routes, um, and I don't. I don't think that's really even debatable. You no, know what I mean, I, I said it. Nikhil, he's a better route runner yeah. for sure. Uh, I don't think he's the best route runner in the class by any means at all. But he's a good route runner because to me, he was like. When he's changing directions, it wasn't like super smooth. Um, and he also had you had to take an account too for AJ Brown versus some of his big games, like versus Alabama, versus LSU. Like he was handled pretty well, actually. He was somewhat shut down. Uh, he struggled against a little bit against those guys. To me, he's just he's a really safe guy who's going to produce. But I see him. I could again if he turned into be an absolute stud. It wouldn't overly surprise me. I see him almost as like an Amari Cooper type of guy, to be honest. I see Amari Cooper to me blows him out of the water in route runner. Like to me, it's literally like New York City and I think Amari Cooper was a better somewhere in North Dakota. But I I think he has similar upside to Amari Cooper. Yeah, I just I see him because now it sounds like I'm like dog him, but it's not. I just see him as being like a really safe wide receiver on a team. I would love to see him in a slot. I would love to see him as like a really good number two receiver on yeah. a team and not overly a number one. And it kind of, like I see, like I see his fantasy career being somewhere personally is more so of like a really good, and this is not a bad thing is like a wide receiver too. Like, so you see him as like Mohammed Sanu and I see him as like something completely different. I see him better than Sanu. All like, right. But like the guy that who's like again who's a consistent wide receiver too that produces year in year out you know seventy five. Are, are you talking about for the team or for your fantasy? For your fantasy. Team. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. For fantasy. I thought you were dogging him down to the point where he was a number two wide receiver. On no, the no, team. no. Okay. Oh, a fa- okay, let me rephrase this. As a fantasy wide receiver too. All right. You know, somebody's going to catch you know eighty five footballs for thirteen hundred and twenty yards. I don't think. Here is the thing. I don't think his. I that's the thing. I'm not. I don't think he produces those yards. Here's the thing. I know Sorry, those were his stats last year. I know. Oh, oh he was he was the number one receiver on the team, but you also had you know DK Metcalf on that team. You had Demarcus uh, Demarcus uh, Lodge Lodge yeah. there, uh, Dawson Nix you mm-hmm. know there Knox there. So I just don't think I don't think um, 
I don't think he'll produce those kind of numbers at the next level. Like that's not a bad thing, but I see him as like a nice solid, like a really good, like I said, like 80, these are good numbers too. Mm-hmm. 80, 80 catches, thousand yard receiver, you know, 980 yard receiver, someone, you know, like somewhere along those lines. I don't think he, um, to me, he's not like a, a big, play, he's not a big play receiver to me. And I, and I see, I think I see a little bit more untapped potential there than you do. Okay. You know what I liked? I liked some of the plays that I saw downfield. I didn't see him run a lot of those plays, uh-huh. but the plays that he did run were were successful and, and were really good. And I think that will be used, hopefully, more so in the NFL. Yeah, and it's the thing I came away liking AJ Brown. Like, yeah, he's yeah. he's probably got honestly maybe the safest floor out of all these guys. You know what I mean? Like, he's. I mean, I would agree with that as well. He's pretty yeah. safe. Like on my fantasy team, he's going to produce, but like. I'm looking here for the golden nugget. You know what I mean? That's why I like Butler and Harry more. Like to me, they're like they're much shinier nuggets. You know what I mean? Like speaking of nuggets, let me let me let me see something here. Let me see. Jesus, it's been a while. Let me dust these bad balls off real quick. Please, please no. Bust out the crystal balls here. Just got a just got a quick question here. Somebody uh, somebody asked me if I'd do this, and I said sure. Why not? <laughs> Hello, sweet balls. Balls. Who will be a better overall dynasty player? Will it be Matt's guy, A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss, or will it be Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State? Please, balls, solve this debate now. And who's going to score more fantasy points? Our listeners have got to know because they have rookie drafts coming up next week. That's a that's a lot of hair I see. Is it is it brown, though? Is it it's, A.J. Brown? There's something poking through that <laughs> hair. Up, oh, it says Nikhil. Oh, yeah, right. Once again, man, I'm right again. I'm right again. The no. balls told me. What a surprise. Uh, okay, well, balls. Then let's go. Let's move on. Well, who would have a better overall dynasty career? A.J. Brown or Hakeem Butler? Let's let's give Matt the number two guy, right? Oh, God. Here we go. Hakeem the Dream. Yeah, look at me. I mean, they are my balls. I know. So they're probably leaning my way a little bit, but they are my balls, and they're sucking. Like, okay, give it to me. Uh, so, again, I came away liking A.J. Brown. I didn't came away loving A.J. Brown. All right. I feel he's safe, but, like, I can't, I mean. People say we don't disagree. I will, I will respectfully disagree with you, sir. But we'll see where this goes. Obviously, we're going to track this pretty closely here. And, again, where I'm, where I'm putting him is, like, he's, if he's a safe wide receiver, too, that's a fantastic pick. I mean, that's a fantastic pick. I mean, even at those numbers, you're looking at wide receiver maybe – you know, at some years those numbers can squeak you in to wide receiver. You know, depending on your touchdowns you score mm-hmm. in the wide receiver one category, and then worse, your wide receiver 13, 14, so your borderline wide receiver one. Let's see where he ends. Like, is there a team off the top of your head that you would just love him on? I know it's <sighs> kind of throwing you. It's kind of hard without seeing all the teams in front of you. It is, and obviously, I like honestly, I just started looking at Kelvin Harmon. Okay, stuff. so I, I had moved on. No, all right. Um, well, we both we both like him. You love him. Yeah. I like him. There you go. To me, to, here, here's here's why I put it. I would be totally okay in the right situation taking Miles Sanders over AJ Brown. All right, totally okay with that. It would have to be the right situation. I that's what I just said. But no, I don't. I said I, the I right. Don't, I don't think I would see that. Like I wouldn't take him over Hakeem Butler and Nikhil Harry. No, well, in the right situation, they might drop in the wrong situation. But I'm saying like right now, like there's no way that. That's what happen. I mean. That's why it's it's way too early to say any of this kind of crap. Like I would take this guy before this guy yeah. well, in the right silly. situation because it's silly to rank these players as it is anyways now because it changes so much after the draft. It's like oh, I love. I think it's a useful exercise. 
It is. But it's so silly is the wrong word. Yeah, you don't want to set it in stone. But you remember, like, because a lot of this, a lot of this can change. Yeah, but you don't want to change it too much, though. You know what I mean? Because because well, that's this why you I, do it. This is because you, you circle him. back, right? And talent. But like, remember, like Isaiah Correll was now. Now this turned out to be true anyway, so it's kind of a bad example. But like Isaiah Correll coming out before the draft was like the number one running back going to the class. Well, the Browns take Terrence West in the third round out of Townsend, and then Isaiah Correll goes an undrafted free agent. Well, right. It changes pretty drastically after that, you know. And now you're taking people like Bishop Ranky. Uh, yeah, goodness gracious. So, Ugh. let's move on, shall we? Let's do it. Kelvin Harmon, out of NC State. Now, Harmon, somebody like when we did this way too early rankings, was my number two receiver going into this. Like back in January, I think. Yeah. When we did yeah. like a mock draft. Like mm-hmm. he was my guy. Right. Six foot two, out of NC State, two hundred twenty-one pounds. Again, another big physical receiver. You know, he's one day older than Nikhil Harry. Sorry. Oh, well, good. They're one day. Just looking at their birthdays. Well, they're not twins then. So that's safe to say. Unless one was born at 1159 and one was born at 1202. D- DK Metcalf was born two days before him. Well, they, they're, are, they're all right on top of each other there. Brothers age. from another mother. Yeah. Um, 221 pounds, ran a 4640, a 7153 cone, and a 4320 short shuttle. So those numbers aren't like overly impressive. Nope. But they're not bad. The three cones, and the three cone again. The three cone wasn't like DK Metcalf bad, you know what I mean? Like it was, it's a seven point one five, so it's it's still pretty solid. Right. It's just not exceptional. Mm-hmm. But this guy, let me tell you about a little bit about Kelvin Harmon of NC State. This guy is a total hands catcher. Right? Oh yeah, love this guy's hands. He's strong. He's physical. Tough. Physical. Very good body control. Tracked the ball really nicely. His he was able to adjust to the ball consistently he has got elite body control around the boundaries making catches on the sidelines elite body control elite. on the sideline i mean to, to go along with his ridiculous yeah to to go along with his hands that this is what pushed him up so much higher in my book than those other two guys is is just he has got traits elite traits that i just didn't see in a couple of these other guys he is consistent uh, and he did it for both all, at his whole time at NC State. That's mm-hmm. why, he, like, this was a guy he knew he was good. He knew he was going pro as soon as he could. They even participate in the bowl game because he didn't want to because he was getting ready for the NFL draft. And he was really good out the gates for NC State. Uh, very competitive football player, man. This guy is like full out from the moment the ball snaps till the play ends. Whether it be he's he's going to run his route. You know, sometimes you see these players and it's net the ball is going to go to the left side and they don't really finish their route. Like, he'll run his route. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If he's going to block somebody, he's blocking you until the play's over. He is physical and aggressive, and he's a good blocker. He ran a 4-6, but on tape, he has good football speed. Like, it wasn't like... That's what. That's the thing. Like, I think he got knocked down a lot after he ran a 4-6. And he, I mean, he even tweeted, and I think we mentioned it, that he, hey, I've never I've never been the fastest guy in the football field. Yep. But I'm always, I'm always one of the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I am, I am the best. It was something. It was something very. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but that's what he basically said. And it's so true when you watch this guy because he, he plays with great game speed. He plays with a, um, with an edge, and like a, a my ball mentality that I love to see Dude, on contested catches and stuff that. like that. That's I mean, those. That's, are the I kind literally of, I was going to next. Those are the kind of things where, um, I, I didn't see that enough from a guy like. Nikhil Harry that I wanted to from a big physical wide receiver like that like go and get that ball that is your ball 
Like, and, and you can't let littler guys kind of push you around. You get to that ball any way you possibly can, and you rip it out of their hands, and it's yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? He position, he tracks the ball so well. And he and here's the thing. Even though he does run a 4-6, he positions himself so well. That's, that's not even a big deal. Like, just get the ball to him. And right. He's going to put himself in the best position to come down with that ball. He's a solid route runner. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, like... You know, he does that little fake move. You know, like he does a little twitch there and he gets out and like it works for him too because he sells it pretty well. Um, pretty I, good in hips for somebody that's like for that as big. Like he's pretty good in hips. I, I literally wrote, you know, like this is a, he's a tough physical wide receiver and he separates using a combination of route running and physicality. You and know timing. what I mean? And it, it, so it's one of those things where some of the previous guys were like, hey, this is what he does. They separate. And it's been one thing, but. Kelvin Harmon, I get, I get excited because he can do it both ways. I've I've seen him do it. And he, he uses a little combination of both where he's not going to let a guy push him around, but at the same time, he can just run around you as well. So um, that's why I that's really what bumped him back up to to number two for me because I I, I didn't see a lot of holes in his game. People are going to knock him for his long speed, but when you watch the tape, it's it's there. You know, his game speed is there. So that to me is like the one big knockoff on this guy and and it's not a real one because if you watch the tape he he's running plenty fast i'll be honest with you if some things you say um you want to be somewhat hesitant about because you just trust so many other people in the business you know what i mean like again i trust you you know what i mean mm-hmm. and everybody like a lot of people have aj brown as their number one guy like they have that way i'd have i i see a higher ceiling with kelvin Harmon. i see a safer floor with AJ Brown, I see a higher ceiling with a guy like Kelvin Harmon. Like, so uh, to be honest, so do I. You're I not, see him being the guy. Like, he could be the guy of in the right spot. Um, I honestly, I see more upside too. I was having a hard time already getting AJ Brown and Kelvin Harmon above those other two guys. That I felt, I, I felt like I wasn't there yet. Moving Kelvin Harmon all the way to number one because okay. I think he's got no. I think he's got higher upside though than AJ Brown. But I love. I love both of their upside. And, I, and to me, like, this isn't me just going, like, again, if you look at our, listen to our podcast, I had Kelvin Harmon, you look at my tweets as my clear cut number two going into it, off right. of, like, the limited stuff that I had watched, you know, at that point. Um, but I like, like, even when we started the podcast, I said I have A.J. Brown and Kelvin Harmon as the same player, like, they're 3A and 3B. Um, same thing if I had the number three and Hakeem Butler and uh, Nikhil here off the board, and I, all my leagues, I was on the clock, and they were both there. How do I want to flip-flop? I think it would be a little bit different, though, because I think I'd rather get 60% shares of Harmon over 40% shares of A.J. Brown just because of the upside. Again, he's a football player. Yeah. Right I mean? Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. Like Sometimes, like let's identify the numbers are good, the stats are good, but I am always we, – we built our site and our podcast off watching tape. And nailing these rookie picks. And some people are like, well, do you guys have a really good hit rate on your rookie picks? Like, what do you do? Like, we just watch the tape. It's, to me, it's just, just watch the tape. It's clear as day. Like, this is right. why this guy is good. Kelvin Harmon falls in that category of a safe player. Like, he's good. Like, he's safe to me. Like, and, and, and I think, if he bust out, then he bust out. But to me, that's a really low percentage chance. Right. And I think a lot of people can just sit there and watch watch one guy's tape and fall in love with him and just and, – and that's their guy then. But – but what you really need to do is try to put them all up against each other and really just flood yourself with a ton of tape in order to get like a really good baseline and, and know what you're really looking at apples to apples with some of these guys. Yeah, and that's why and that's why I question some of these guys like scouting reports, you know, out there on the internet too. It's like 
like some of the stuff you'll see, like how many tapes, how many games did you really watch? You know what I mean, like that's why, like even like with a guy like Butler, right? Like I watched ten games because I wanted to make sure I was sure, right, about putting him higher than AJ Brown and putting him higher than you know what I mean. Like I want to make sure, like I'm not just going off four tapes. So the problem is, it takes me a little bit longer to get through some of these guys, is because and why we're this late in the process of watching tape is because I don't like to settle. Right, I don't want to watch four games, and then like, like I said, that 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 tenth game or ninth game I watched on Butler, I was like, man, I'm really, I, I was like, hey, let me just do one more because it takes eight, it takes about eight to ten minutes to watch a whole game mm-hmm. tape on them, yep. you know, and that's just watching one game. So if you're gonna watch, you know, nine games, you're talking like an hour and twenty minutes just sitting there watching tape. Right, and if you're pausing to take notes and stuff too, I mean, it, it takes it a while. Yep. So to me. I'd like to do that. You know, and something like you get questioned like, dude, okay, I don't I didn't see that. Like I saw that on that game, but mm-hmm. like I didn't see it for the rest of the game. Like same thing like Butler's drops. Like I wasn't overly worried because I watched ten games and it wasn't like crazy. The kill Harry's drops weren't crazy over ten games. Like you know, extrapolated over you know, you can watch three games and see them like, okay, that's pretty bad, you know, during those games. But it'd be like me watching AJ Brown's tape just versus L S U Alabama, then one other tape. Like, hey, he's not that good, you know. But if you watch over the whole season, that's where you see the thirteen hundred yards come into effect. Right. Same thing for Harmon to me. This guy, Kelvin Harmon, is a football player. And let's face the facts. This is what we talked about the running backs, how there's one, not even a lot of opportunity for him going into the 2019 season, and you got to be worried about the 2020 season. To me right now, I think there's a huge window for these young receivers to come in and establish themselves. The receivers, some of the really good ones are getting a little bit older. Guys like Julio Jones, guys oh, yeah. like A.J. Green, you know, are getting older. Even some of the really good guys are hitting their prime at the 26, 27, 28 age uh, there. There's going to be some really good room for these old, younger guys to take effect and come into the league and be solid here in 2020, in 2021. And I think this class is going to be a nice class when we get to that point. And, and pl- I mean, plus you have to look at the fact that it, the league is evolving into such a passing league anyway that it's – it's able to support more wide receivers anyway. Yeah, look than, at the Rams, dude. In, in the past, so you can get you can easily get two fantasy relevant wide receivers on a team and a tight end. And a lot of these, a lot three of these players, a lot of these offenses, you can get three. So yeah. it, it's, Cooper it, Cup, exactly. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. You want all those guys yeah. in your starting lineup? Jarvis Landry, uh, Odell Beckham. You know, I, I'm telling you, I still think Callaway is going to be. A nice dynasty weapon in the future. You want these guys on your right. ops, you know, your roster. That's why some of these guys you're looking for, like where are they going to land? Where can they be a weapon? Uh, and to me, let's see where Calvin Harmon lands, and he won't drop too much, regardless, because dude's a baller. Like he's just he's a baller. As long as he's a competent QB, he is actually probably the guy that is going to be least affected by landing space for me. Okay. Um, well, again, it's it's. The problem is when we move back to Baltimore is just his accuracy. You know, it's like that's a huge issue. Same thing like well, in Buffalo. I think if it's anyone, I think if anyone goes to Baltimore, they're going to drop in my ranks just because, just because of who's throwing the ball. I mean, the guy's wounded ducks. You can never really rely on that, and and he's 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 a phony. He's not even a real quarterback. Yeah, and to me, Kelvin Harmon in Buffalo, he'd be really nice for a guy that can laser the ball. To him in those short intermediate sure. breaks when he comes back to the line there. Mm-hmm. I love when he does that in line, the way he can get up and get the ball. And again, the way he positions himself. He's just he's what you want out of a receiver. If this dude could run, if this dude ran like a four four, a four three, you'd be like he'd be the number one prospect hands down. Like if he ran the Christmas routes out there, like you'd be like, Yeah, give it to me. But he's he does everything really well. If, if he went to the combine and ran a four three, he'd be like he'd be Julio Jones. You know okay. what I mean? Like he would, he would be that high. Everyone would want him. But okay. He ran a four six, so no one wants him. And 
And so we both love Calvin Harmon. I think and so. I think he's the one consensus guy that we can really say, hey, this is the guy that we, we both really like. We'll be one of the few people that all agree that Calvin Harmon should be clearly ahead of DK Metcalf. Yeah, for for damn sure. Let's move on to DK Metcalf, shall we? Let's do it. DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss, uh, who'll be 22 in December. He's six foot three, 228 pounds. Ran a four three three forty. Uh Again, six foot three, two twenty eight, ran a four three three forty. That is sick. He's a monster. He's a monster. We all saw the pictures at this point. The dude's the dude's built like a superhero without mm-hmm. CGI. It's real life, dude. Like this guy's like a freak of nature. The problem is, and it shows because this is what's funny. And people are like, well, you know, just like you may say, like they had AJ Brown there, they had Demarcus Lodge. You know, all all that DK Metcalf ran was go routes. Well, he did that well because you know that's what they needed him to do. Well, then explain his seven three eight three count, all right? And I know he slipped a little bit on that one thing too, but explain that to me. Like it shows on tape, like he's a little tight in the hips. He reran it at his pro day, and he didn't slip. He ran a seven point two five. Okay, so there you go. That explain. It tells you all you need to know about again. And he ran a four, his twenty yard was a four five. How is your twenty yard worse than your your forty? That's not, literally the opposite of what you want to do. That's not supposed to be. So to me, he's somebody again. He's a home th- home run threat receiver. But if you look at the tape and you watch the tape, the dude ran two routes: a go route, and then like here I am in the flat. He no, he ran the go route. He ran the take three steps, turn around, face the wide uh, the quarterback, and throw your hands up like you're open. That's it. <laughs> Literally, that's it. <laughs> that was really it. And if you look at his numbers, which okay, so before he got hurt in the seven games, 26 catches for 569 and five touchdowns. You're going to see a lot of people that go, wow, look at those numbers if you extrapolate them. But if you watch the tape, every one of his catches was because he was big and fast and he was past the defensive back. Like he didn't get touched. Like he wasn't even touched. Like, no, he was like three yards past any de- yeah. defensive back that was anywhere near. Which yeah. they can adjust to that in the NFL. They could stop that. All right. They're fast guys in the secondary. He has some injury concerns, and again, this may be because of some of his size, but he had a broken foot his freshman year in the second sure. game. He had a neck injury in 2018. Uh, even though he he has all the dimensions to be a true number one receiver. You know, he has the physical assets that teams covet at the receiver position, but this dude is raw. Raw. I mean, he's like old, you know, dirty bastard. Like, he likes it raw. Like, he, you know? get, he gets up the field really quickly. He chews up. You know any sort of cushion that any, oh, takes any, the top off any court any quarterback any cornerback that gives him cushion he just chews that up like nothing. He tracks the ball well. He he doesn't have like issues catching the deep balls or anything like that. Okay, stop you there. All right, he does track the ball well, but he doesn't time it well. You know what I mean? Like he tracks the ball well and positions himself well, but there's like times like and I'm I'm literally like almost fifty fifty on this where like. If you watch like his, the way he jumped up to get the ball, like his timing was off, like just slightly off at times. All right, I, maybe I maybe I chose to ignore that okay. portion of it because I was trying to find something good to write down about this guy. Um, but but here's a here's a guy that's a monster, monster. But when I saw him against Greedy Williams, you know, a guy that's that's a cornerback from LSU that's being talked about as a first round guy from LSU and. And Greedy Williams just had a, had a day with him. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like D.K. Metcalf was just off that entire day. Greedy Williams was in his head. He was jamming him at the line of scrimmage. And and he just, he was smothering him. And for a guy, I mean, Greedy Williams is, a, is a, a taller cornerback, but he was giving up almost 40 pounds or something to him. 
use some of that physicality, get a jump ball situation and, and go get the damn ball. Like, but they didn't have any confidence to do that with, with DK Metcalf. So he's not like a, he's not a jump ball guy. No. And he try, he, he has hand issues. He's not like a box him out type of guy. He's a, He's a, he's a go, go route. He's a go long guy that just happens to be six foot four, two hundred and thirty five pounds or whatever the heck. Yeah, he he is. just looks and people. And here's the problem with the NFL: a lot of these guys they think they can mold anybody in anything. And we're we're talking hands. I mean, DK Metcalf might have some of the. I mean, honestly, now he did make some really nice. I saw him make some one handed catches. You know what I mean? Like he made some nice catches. But sure. most receivers are going to have some nice catches. You want to know DK Metcalf's drop rate? Nine point one percent. Ugh. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that, right? No, I wouldn't have. Nine point one percent. Yeah. So everyone's talking about drops here and there. Like I mentioned, you know, going back to Nikhil Harry was only at six point seven percent. The average rate in college is eight point six percent. DK Metcalf is at nine point one percent drop rate. There's here's a thing, people. He just like Kevin White and all the other receivers like DK Metcalf. You know, even going back to guys like not as big, but like Troy Williamson. You know what I mean? Like guys like that, right? They get drafted super high because of the upside. And all you're going to hear about DK Metcalf is upside, upside, upside. Does he have upside? Yes. Is it like Josh Gordon-esque? No. Possibly. No, Gordon was much better in the hips. He's a, he's a much more Florida athlete, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, just from a physical, crazy, unlimited physicality standpoint, I think he's got a huge upside. But will he ever get there? I thought DeMarcus Lodge at times was more impressive on the team. Oh, he's 100% was. I mean, he impressed me. You I mean, mean, at times. It's just... He is so risky, yeah. Metcalf, and I'm telling you, if where, I, where would you feel comfortable? I don't even know, man. Like, I don't either. Late first round, I don't either. I don't even know if I'd want him there. I just don't think I'd want him. He, like, <laughs> I just don't think I'd want. I, I think I would sell the pick. Do you who know what wants I, him? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who? Oh, who wants that lottery? I would try yeah. to sell the. pick. I'd have and, zero shares of him and like, get out. The odds of this dude hitting to me are so low. Like. And if he does, like, oh, rich in your face. I'm not saying it's not impossible. Right. But I'm playing odds here, people. Like, he's so one-dimensional. He, does, he doesn't even have – it's not like he's, like, even Moss-esque with his hands. Like, don't be fooled there. There's not many times I write myself a question in my notes, and I wrote, is he anything more than a deep threat question? Yeah. Question? Where, so where's that come question? from fantasy football? He, I don't know how that equates, man. Yeah, he could be bumped off his you – know, I mean, it's, he's physical, but, again, it's – there is a lot of question marks, man. Greedy Williams, a college cornerback, was able to get him off his game in, in during the LSU game. So, I mean, I, I just don't. I, Denzel Ward would eat him up. Well, Denzel Ward's only, I mean, I don't know. Den, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he probably would, man. I don't know. So, so yeah, in the LSU game, he ended up catching three balls for 37 yards. Ooh. So, that's that, that, you know, that was his, his, low, his low mark the, the whole <laughs> year. But so here we are. Yeah. So so we found the guy, right? That we don't like more than everyone else. Every year, guys. <laughs> you can say, "Oh, these guys brag too much." Whatever. Just go back. All you have to do is go back. We our stuff's on tape. Go back and listen to every rookie rankings we have ever done. All right. Our hit rate's pretty goddamn good. All right. It's how we made a name for ourselves. Now, I don't care how that comes out. Whatever. The people need to know. If you have if this is the first time you're listening, our rookie stuff's probably the best stuff we do, and. Every year, there's one guy that everybody loves and it takes super high that we tell you not to take. And besides Juju Smith, I would say our hit rate on that is at about 99%, right? Damn you, Juju. Now, the odds there are eventually we're going to be wrong. Time will tell on Juju. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. 
Even Devin Funches, who we thought we might have been wrong on, kind of came back to earth a little yeah. bit. But uh, he'll probably prove us wrong again here now in Indy because he's got Andrew Luck. And he'll probably be used in the slot where he actually dominated in the slot, just not on the outside. So, But this year, it's DK Metcalf. Neither of us want him. And we're at the point now where like, we don't even want to share. Like We're like, we're, we'll just sell out the pick. Like, Can you imagine? Like, yeah, if, if you're sitting there at 1-9, right? And DK Metcalf's someone on the board because everybody listens to our podcast. They're like, yeah, these dudes are talking about. And then there's that one guy who doesn't listen to the podcast. He's like, I can't believe DK Metcalf is here. This is the greatest thing ever. Kind of like last year in the Nerds draft when uh, – Somebody gave up O.J. Howard to trade for Ronald Jones at 1-6 oh. because they thought it was just too good a value. This year, it's D.K. Metcalf. Don't be fooled. You could do better. You could do better and safer with Paris Campbell. You could do better with Debo Samuel, J.J. Arcega-White. You know, there's, you Talk could, about a guy that Terry can, McLaurin. that's big and can use his body. Wait till you see that J.J. Arcega-White. Yeah, it's just it's – guys, you can do better. White side, sorry. Yeah, white side. Um the the juice is not worth the squeeze on this pick, and it's it's just not. And if he hits, don't even feel that don't even feel that bad about because no. you know it's a game it's a game thing. Like you don't get mad if you go play roulette and you bet you put both money like you put they both paid out three to one and you put your money on red and you put your money on black. You're like this is a sure thing, right? This is a sure thing. I'm gonna win three to one. I'm gonna at least win one of my bets double. You know, and then it comes up double zero. Boom. You know, you don't you don't go. This game sucks. The, you, know, the, you were terrible because you told me to take red and black. It's just you're gonna. Some guys are gonna come through and surprise. But even even Juju had like it was his negatives weren't like DK Metcalf. You know what I mean? Like so to me, it's like it's a pass. It's a it's a hard pass for me. Not, I'll have none of him. I'm I'm not into him. Yeah, and because before we had him, like like what do you think is good with him? Like one eight, one seven, and obviously mm-hmm. our rookie ranks are in the site now, which. Once we get through these receivers, we're going to readjust our rookie drinks. They'll be, they'll be adjusted by the NFL draft, and then we'll have to readjust them after the NFL draft. Sure. But I think I'm going to move DK Metcalf down to right around, like, because you have to rank them with attributing for the upside, right around 13, maybe. That's what I was just thinking in my head, 2 2 1, 2 2. Because if I'm being honest, like, I don't want to, like, just do everything for the public. You know, I got to be a little bit true to myself here. Like, that's like, what I mean. Like, there's there, there comes a point. And, you know, a little bit early in the process, it is a little bit more groupthink. But the more you watch, the more you hone these things, the the more true to yourself you have to be. And where would you put them, man? Yeah. Like, and, and, and that's where I'm going to rank them. And to hell with everyone else, I don't really care. Yeah, because, like, I'd, I'd kind of really rather have Terry McLaurin, you know. Definitely JJ. Definitely Debo. Yeah. Fant, Hawkinson, Irv Smith Jr. Yep. Right, mm-hmm. David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Yep, yep, and yep. Kyler Murray, maybe because and one QB, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about you that. Know, maybe, but I mean, there's other guys we're going to talk about here that you know, even like a guy like Miles Boykin who has got good size, right? Great size, it's great upside movement to skills. Yes, yeah. you know, um, it's that's just where I'm at with it. So, I think we've pooped on him enough. Let's move right? on. Let's yeah. move on to our last guy of the show here. Paris Campbell, Ohio State, six foot, two hundred and five pounds, ran a four three one forty, the fastest at the combine. The guy is fast with a four point oh three twenty. That's also super good. Don't forget that forty inch vert, dude. The dude can get up. forty inch. Let me tell you his uh, twenty eighteen stats: ninety catches, one thousand sixty three yards, twelve touchdowns. That's right, ninety catches. That's extremely good. Super fast athlete. Pretty good hands. I know last year going into it, he dude. From somebody that follows Ohio State closely, I mean, he worked that jugs machine every single 
day. He gets off the line super fast. Now, what you're going to say is the dude ran a lot of screens, right? A lot of short intermediate passes. As I say, most of his stuff, he, he he was in on jet sweeps. He was in on screens. He was in the he, he ran you know most exclusively out of the slot. So it's hard to you know get any tape of him being jammed at the line of scrimmage because he, he's he's a, you know a couple yards off the line and stuff like that. And they always had him kind of moving around. But I mean, I just wrote in capital letters speed. This dude is explosive. He could take any short crossing route or any short screen pass to the house. I mean, that's just, this is, think of him as a, like, almost like a Tyreek Hill type of, of player. You know Ooh. what I mean? Oh, okay. And, and okay. That, that's what I see when I, when I'm watching. Okay. Um, Dude, if Paris Campbell, they didn't throw to him down, down field like they do with Tyreek Hill. That's what I'm going to say. Right. If some team drafts him and can, Again, he only had two passes, I think, that went over 20 yards right. or 30 yards. Only two. Right. And his route tree is somewhat limited. But like you mentioned, why? Uh, if you could take him and mold him into a receiver that can get downfield, which there should be no reason you can't. With that speed, there is no reason. He's a weapon. Yeah. Him and McLaurin both. I mean, I feel very similar about McLaurin as I do Campbell. It's just McLaurin's a really good route runner. Right. Like a really good route. Mm -hmm. Debo Samuel, a really good route runner. And guys like that, I really like just because they're going to get open themselves Mm -hmm. at the next level. You know what I mean? You throw in some NFL coaching and their route running skills, they're going to be open. I mean, dude, Debo off the line is disgusting. Yes. Uh, I know a lot of people are talking about uh, Garrett. Our you know guy who does our podcast here at Dynasty Price who changes uh, he did price check <laughs> price check uh, shout out you know Stanley Morgan Jr. really good route runner same thing like I like those guys right I have, I, I have not got around to Stanley Morgan yet so I'm I, just using him as an example sure. of a guy who's a good route runner because those guys those guys will produce at the next level almost like how we mentioned a guy like Strill and Shepard earlier mm-hmm. like even their floor you know they're like their number two receiver in their team like they can produce and put up fancy numbers where they're your flex guy well, or your wide receiver three you, i mean if you can run routes quarterbacks know where you're going to be at they know you're going to have some separation and they love those kind of kind of players and they're going to throw balls to players that they love that's just the bottom line it's human nature it's all that kind of stuff it's it is weird that you know for has now here's a safe thing too like haskins is like we talk about when we broke down the quarterbacks like the first half of the year, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield well at all. Right. But he did get better as the year went along. And it just wasn't really Ohio State's overall game. They were showing a, throwing a lot of like I think short they, stuff. I think they had other guys to do it as well. You know what I mean? They had Terry McLaurin to go down, go along. They they had um, – J.K. J.K. I mean, and they had uh, – what's his name? Uh, the third uh, – Johnny Lee. Dixon. Uh, Johnny Dixon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so they had other guys to go downfield, and I think – Paris Campbell was so good at taking those those short passes and turning them into big plays. What's the point of also having that guy burn himself out running long? You yeah. know what I mean? Dynamic guy, man. So, so right system, right scheme. He could be, he could be a really good weapon. And I like, and that's what I see. Like even those last those twenty eighteen numbers, I see those. That's what those are numbers I see. Like okay, that those are good floor numbers for me for a guy like Paris in the NFL. 90 catches for 1,063 yards, kind of like what I was talking about, like A.J. Brown numbers, sure. but he's way faster and more explosive way than A.J. Brown. So, I mean, the last the last note I had on this guy is 
I mean, I think he, I think it would be perfect in like a West Coast offense. Somebody that gets rid of the ball quick and, and and has a lot of crossing routes and underneath routes and stuff like that. That gives their their wide receivers an opportunity after the catch. A la San Francisco. A la San Francisco would be him and McLaurin mm-hmm. both like mm-hmm. a lot of these guys in San like, but he fits that mold but, really well. But like a Green Bay, I mean, could you imagine him offsetting? Um, uh, what's his name there? God, why my my brain is like Wait, frozen. It's Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Hold yeah. on a second, because I just got this really. Really odd tingling sensation in my midsection. Exactly. I'm starting to feel real good about so where Green Bay. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, would that not be amazing for him to, to go there and, and, and be catching passes uh, from Aaron Rodgers yeah, and, and be flow. like the the ultimate speed guy to offset the, the guy that just catches a ton of passes and does his thing? Yeah, that'd be um, absolutely fantastic. I think even in a dome in a place like – I think he'd be really nice offset. Now, you don't have – you can't because they took Calvin Ridley, but like – him and Atlanta would have been really oh, nice. You know? you get, I mean, you get a guy like this with now, with his kind of speed in, in any sort of dumb I think situation. Him, I think yeah. he could be such a good safety net for a guy like Matt Stafford in Detroit. When you got Kenny Galladay on the outside, and the Marvin Jones is outside receiver too, but you you put this guy right back where he belongs in the slot right there with these quick intermediate passes for a safety net like Stafford who likes to get rid of the ball quick too. Um, well, well, look at the guy they just got. I mean, look at the guy they just got rid of, though, too. Golden Tate. I mean, you know, strive there. What do you do every year? Caught ninety footballs. Exactly. That could be Paris Campbell. Yep. But who's more like now? Okay, but he's way more explosive. And Golden Tate's one of the best in the business with the ball in his hands after the catch, right? right? But I mean, Campbell's explosive. Like they could pepper him now with those targets. Yeah, he, Campbell's a little less physical probably than Golden Tate, but way but, less physical than but, Golden Tate, but way more um, explosive. So. But, I mean, for somebody who's kind of, like, off of their passing, too, like Stafford is, like, P- Campbell's somebody who's up and can go get the ball, too. Mm-hmm. And he's got good hands. Uh, so, to me, he's somebody where he's a first-round pick for me uh, in these rookie drafts, and I'm really paying attention. I really want to see where he can go because he could change. Pre- like, if, again, if he's the number one option in San Francisco, I'm sorry, he's getting a big bump. Yep. Right? And yeah, that, like you mentioned, the West Coast there, he's getting a pretty big bump. Mm-hmm. I like him. I, do. I like I both do. those Ohio State guys. Yeah, so do I. And somebody's like, oh, you like Ohio State? You're a Ohio State homer, huh? I'm like, what am I, Iowa homer too? Because I have two Iowa tight ends in my first round. I, I almost go out of my way to avoid that and and look at these guys through a little bit more of a harsh um, lens when I'm trying to watch them to there's, try to knock them a little bit. There's one player that have come out, that's coming out of Ohio State that we've just blown off the rocker, and that was Zeke. And I said when I, when I said he could be literally running back one one in dynasty his rookie year. It's the only player, and look where he is. He's still a top three dynasty asset at the running back position. So to me, there's not even like Michael Thomas. Like like now, I remember I liked Michael Thomas more than you did. I know, and, and I think it's probably because of my reverse bias that I try I try to like I try to knock these guys as much as possible to avoid homerism because. I just give everybody I, a fair shake because I all. am emotionally attached to that team, and I watch probably more of that than anything else. So I feel like uh, it's I don't want to slant too much towards those guys. One thing you will always get from me is a fair take, unless it comes to Baker Mayfield. That's a totally unfair. You won't get any fair takes, but to me, he's still my one two in Superfly. I don't give a rat's ass what anybody says when it comes to quarterbacks. He's my one two, and I have no problem even like. I mean, he's one beat. Don't don't Pat Mahomes. say it. I'll say it. I'll don't say it. Don't say it. Who's got better weapons now? Oh God, it's Baker. Don't talk about Bay like that. No, man. I swear. I love him. I know you More do. than anything. Like if, I if I was a weirdo, I'd get a tattooed. I'd get his face tattooed in my body. That would be super creepy, man. But I'm not a creep. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, that's it. That's our part one episode. Some really good players we talked about here. Yes. Five out of six. Not too bad. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more really good players. I know next week we're going to try and hit on uh, JJ. We mentioned Terry right. McLaurin. 
uh, Andy Isabella, Debo, uh, Samuel, Marquise Brown, and Riley Ridley. Who knows? Might might sneak another guy in there too, right? Well, I mean, there's other guys like Jalen Hurd, Cole Hardman, Miles Boykin, Miles Boykin, <laughs> Jacoby Myers, um, De- Toledo receiver, who's a nice sleeper prospect, Deontay Johnson, uh, but David, David Sills, the fifth. There's all sorts of guys out there. Yeah, so there's some good, some guys that we're going to talk about late that are. Hunter, we did we forget about Hunter, Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro, I mean, dude, talking about good hands and route run, you know, yeah. that's that's a guy. So that last receiver episode, we're gonna squeeze it in at some point, but we're got for sure going receivers next week, and then we're going tight ends, and it, we're gonna get a, a hidden episode in there at some point. We are gonna launch the Nerd Herd memberships here soon, uh, and one of those is gonna be exclusive rookie breakdowns. And I know I said those rankings should be up soon, but we found out what, what the problems was with the server. That's taken care of. It's in the system. We're just ready to switch the servers. Our new rankings are going to be great because we're going to actually have historical data on it. So you'll be able to track uh, a player's ranking history throughout his entire career, which is going to be pretty sweet. The rankings are going to be sweet. And that after is. that, yep. another tool we're building is going to be sweet. To be a Nerd Herd member, one, it's going to be extremely affordable, which we want to do, and there's going to be a lot of upside to it. But we want to. we just always felt like, you know, a lot of people support us sure. uh, over the years. Mm-hmm. And we want to do a little bit something more for the people that support us. And we feel over five years, the information that we provided have helped a ton of people build very solid dynasty teams. And maybe we should reward people that do support us a little bit more. And listen, doing this stuff, I mean, again, we mentioned earlier about watching game tape. It takes a lot of time. So we save you guys a lot of time. By putting all the hours and hours it is of grinding the tape and just watching games, just to give you the most viable information you can of Dynasty Fans Football. And we do it because we love it. You know, we've done it for five years for not a single dollar. So, but we have so many ideas that we want to bring to the table to help you uh, be a better Dynasty player. And that's tools, you know, to use. We want to make sure Dynasty Nerds is the one stop shop to give you every possible tool that you'll have when it comes to Dynasty Fantasy and Dynasty information. Unfortunately, build that stuff costs a lot of money, and we're learning through developers. Oh, yeah, it, it's a lot of money. It adds up quick, and it's yeah, always about twice as long as it it should take. If I told you how much yeah. it costs to build this ranking system, you'd be like, "What? You spent how much money on rankings?" <laughs> well, we're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah, but it is what it is. Because you know what, we like you guys. Indeed, that's what we're here for. So we'll be back next week. Um, as soon as this new service switches over, I will promise I'm going to give you the rules for last nerd standing, and hopefully thousands of you join because it's going to be freaking awesome i love it you still like it i still like it yeah that's gonna be a sweet because you know what here's a big thing too about the last nurse thing that i was thinking about the biggest thing is everybody just likes to draft initial startups right sure that's like the funnest part for the most part right like the that joy of drafting a startup think of that last nerd standing in the meantime we'll be back next week with wide receivers part two uh in france matt they call that part due. do yeah mm. if you say 22 is it do do <laughs> That sounds like it sounds like a shitty year, man. <laughs> when were you bored? Do do. Ooh, sorry, stinky butt. Uh, so we'll be back next week. In the meantime, if you want to talk about how Matt is right and I'm wrong, or how we're both wrong about DK Metcalf, you can do that via Twitter. You can hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can file a complaint to at Dynasty Nerds. They won't listen. If you want to talk to the world, you can hit up our fa- our Facebook page with almost 4,000 users on that thing. I mean, talking about activity. You guys opinions. can start a little chat page that just complains about us and, and how low we've got DK Metcalf ranked, if I you want. De- I will delete the shit out of that <laughs> shit. All right? You slander me on my own Facebook group page? We got a problem, Kimasabi. 
Uh, but that's a way to do it. If you want to support the site, of course, you can, you know, you can buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, the most comfortable t-shirt you will ever wear. Uh, I was talking to my buddy Mike Sipes. Uh, this is his pod- podcast, the Dynasty Trades Podcast, uh, headquarters podcast. And uh, he was telling me, he's like, you know what, Rich? This is the most comfortable shirt I own. I'm like, damn it, Mike, I would not lie to you. All right? People keep thinking we're lying. It's, yeah. It's the truth. High five intakes. Nipple sensitivity. That's n- it. Do it just for the nipple sensitivity. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, if for nothing else. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, do your nipples do you better? They love it. Yeah, and do you not love them? I love them back. Yeah, treat them with some damn respect. That's right. All right, soften up a little bit. All right, <laughs> you don't want to chafe those bad boys. Yeah, don't make them hard just when it's cold outside. No. Come on, turn them on the right way <laughs> with the sexy ass Dynasty Nerds T-shirt. In the meantime, we'll be back next week with Wide Receivers Part Two. Until then, stay safe. Doo doo. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.